not audible. This is an abridged reading of Dear Gratitude, an anthology, by its author, me, Chris Palmore, and by most of the other 50 authors that wrote for this book. If an author's writing resonates with you, they most likely have been interviewed on Gratitude Space Radio, and I'll share the link to their interview in the show notes. The book in its entirety will be released weekly over the next year and can easily be found in digital and paperback versions on Amazon. And now, Dear Gratitude, an anthology. Every so often, someone or something comes into your life that resets your focus. Rarely, however, do we know how profound these people, events, or experiences will be until we're far removed from them. They may be painful or joyful, terrifying or exhilarating, but what they all have in common is one core theme. When we look back on them, it's crystal clear that they've shaped us in ways that we needed to be shaped. They become the mile markers of our lives, defining the waypoints of our own personal journey, and yet we likely never saw them coming, never asked or even knew to ask for them. And often, they're so subtle and fleeting that we could have easily missed them if we hadn't paid attention for the split second that they crossed our path. That's where my own gratitude journey began about 10 years ago. I can't recall exactly where I was or why I was there, but even if I could, I don't believe it's relevant to what comes next. I was taking a midday walk, and as I glanced down to step off the curb and cross the street, I caught a glimpse of a tiny, wrinkled piece of paper, not worthy of a second glance. But there was something written on it, and my curiosity was piqued. I picked it up and unfolded it. On one side of it was a short prayer to St. Jude. On the other were four scribbled words stacked one on top of the other. Acceptance, forgiveness, tolerance, gratitude. I could contrive a wonderful narrative about how that piece of paper got there, why it came across my path, how it found me rather than my finding it, and how the universe manifests our intentions in auto-magical ways. In the end, it just doesn't matter. The universe isn't an Apple Watch tracking my GPS coordinates and delivering up scraps of paper in my path like Siri reminders. I'd expect something a bit more dramatic from a universe that also produces supernovas and quasars and regularly sucks galaxies to their death through black holes. It was a scrap of discarded paper. What matters is that I picked it up. I held on to that little piece of paper for years, and every so often I thought about the four words and wondered about the person who wrote them. Was there a sequence or a priority to the words? Was acceptance a precursor to forgiveness? Tolerance required in order to be grateful? Eventually, I misplaced the tiny paper. End of story. Or at least, so I thought at the time. A few years later, I wrote a short article about that experience and the importance of gratitude for a column I had in Inc. magazine. It was one of thousands of short pieces that I had written over the years. Truth be told, it was what writers call a fluff piece. Cute and touching, but hardly something I thought much of. I had a seven-article-per-month agreement with Inc., and I would write about most anything to live up to that obligation. Shortly after writing that column, I had another chance encounter with gratitude. My son had a terrible cold, and I was making a midnight run to the 24-hour Walgreens to pick up some cough syrup. It was mid-December and snowing heavily, the kind of night that you're only out driving if you have to be. As I walked into the drugstore, I heard a voice from the past call my name. 
He was my high school wrestling coach, who I hadn't seen in more than 30 years. He was a towering figure in my youth and one of those people who I knew had shaped me in ways that I can only begin to explain. Towards the end of our conversation, I thanked him for having been in my life. I wrote about that encounter in another ink column, which was partly about what an amazing person and role model my coach had been, but mostly about how I had spent 30 years holding on to a gift that I should have delivered to him long ago. That gift was gratitude. I recounted in the column how I had kept that gratitude locked up inside, as though it were a museum piece, rather than giving it back to its rightful owner. What I didn't realize at the time was that the tiny piece of paper in my seemingly insignificant act of gratitude on that December night had put into motion a cascading series of events that would turn those brief encounters with gratitude into a life-changing revelation. A few weeks after the article was published, I received an email from Chris Palmore, who had come across my column on the recommendation of a friend. He wanted to talk to me about some work he was doing in establishing a nonprofit focused on gratitude. I agreed to get on the phone with Chris for a short chat. During that phone call, Chris shared with me some of the stories in this book. He talked about the letter of gratitude that he wrote to his mother and his deep passion for spreading the power of gratitude to others. He was brimming with so much enthusiasm and energy, I don't recall saying more than a few words during the hour-long conversation. His enthusiasm was contagious. I recognized during that call the wonderful, unbridled, and often naive enthusiasm of youth. Chris saw only possibilities, not obstacles, something that had driven me on my own journey. At the end of the call, I asked how I could help. It was a question Chris wasn't expecting. We agreed that I'd provide a sounding board and guidance for his ideas. Over the next few years, Chris meandered through numerous attempts to spread his mission of gratitude, from a countrywide gratitude tour to a New York City gratitude concert, to a trip to Cuba to take his message of gratitude to the poor. His success was lackluster, but his enthusiasm rarely dimmed. During that time, I tagged along, sometimes as a mentor, other times as an advisor, on a few occasions dishing out tough love, and many times simply as a friend willing to listen. I accumulated a portfolio of Chris stories that I often shared with my friends. I was amazed at how this young man could so easily connect with people and how undaunted he was by setbacks. He was on a purpose-driven mission and nothing would dissuade him from it. His goal was simple, to reach as many people as possible with the message that gratitude can change lives. What I didn't realize through all of this was that my own understanding of gratitude and the role it would play in my life was also changing radically. Shortly before I met Chris, I had experienced one of the most difficult chapters in my life. In the period of a few months, my mother passed away, my wife and I filed for divorce, and a business venture I had invested heavily in hit rock bottom. There didn't seem to be much to be grateful for. I was tallying up my few misfortunes and not my many blessings. It must serve some sort of perverse primal need that we want to wallow in our misery, perhaps in the hope that God, the universe, or some benevolent force will take enough pity on us to change our circumstances. Yet in between my bouts of wallowing, I started to think about that piece of paper, and every so often listing all the things for which I needed to find acceptance, express forgiveness, learn to be tolerant of, and lastly, the nearly endless list of the people and things I was grateful for. That practice became a daily morning ritual, 
that still starts my day. Being grateful didn't somehow bring me everything I desired, but it amplified my appreciation for all that I had. Nothing is harder when you're in the darkest corners of your life than choosing to be grateful. And yet in those moments, absolutely nothing is more important, more healing, more affirming, and more comforting than the simple act of expressing gratitude. Reading through the anthology of letters in this book reveals just how universal that truth is, but it also reveals something even more profound, that at any moment it is our choice to be grateful. Even in the darkest moments of our lives, we can choose to refocus our attention on the myriad ways in which we are each blessed. We can look back on some of the most painful times and still be grateful for how they delivered us to where we are. We can regret what we've lost, or we can cherish what we still have. That choice is not always an easy or an obvious one, which is why, as with any habit, gratitude needs to be practiced. It has to become part of what you do on your worst days and on your best days. You need to remind yourself daily of what you're grateful for, and most importantly, you have to share the gift of gratitude with those to whom it ultimately belongs. Reading this book and the many stories of gratitude from others who have also chosen to do just that will help you to create the habit, to better understand the power of gratitude, and to reaffirm its ability to heal your own wounds and to bring you to a place of peace and joy. Ultimately, the message of this book and the many people who contributed to it is that gratitude is a choice. And like that tiny, tattered scrap of paper that was blown to my path by forces unforeseen and unknown, this book has also been placed on your path. I'll let you make up your own reasons for how and why that happened now, at this precise moment in your life. But in the end, all that really matters is that you picked it up. And by doing so, you've chosen gratitude. That was an abridged reading of Dear Gratitude, an anthology. If this author's writing resonated with you, they most likely have been interviewed on Gratitude Space Radio, and a link to their interview is in the show notes. The book, in its entirety, will be released weekly over the next year and can easily be found in digital and paperback versions on Amazon. I'll see you again soon in this space that is entirely reserved for gratitude. Gratefully yours. Chris Palmore.